Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my spectacular, beautiful, wonderful mm. wife, Michelle. Hello. Thank you, sweetie. Best thing about it is this week, it's her episode. We're going to do a lot with her. I get to relax for much of this episode. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> don't don't say that. We might lose some listeners from the start. Please no, stay are you on. kidding me? It's all the more reason people will want to stay. Uh, we're recording this episode on Sunday, February 17th. 2019. Thank you for finding us today in the future. You can find us on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab as well as on the Max FM app. You can also find us on our website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And the best thing you can do is subscribe to us. We're on a lot of different platforms out there, but the easiest ones to find us on our iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Stitcher. Yes, and we love our subscribers, mm-hmm. and we also really love people who, uh, throughout the week, send us little messages, whether it's through social media or email. We love it. We had a great social media week. This We went over 300 followers on Twitter, which doesn't seem like much, but it's exciting for us. Uh, we've interacted with a bunch of different podcasts, had a lot of fun with them. Uh, we just had a great time this week, and we look forward to advancing that as we move forward, especially with some of these podcasts we've been in contact with. That's right. We have some fun things starting in the works, so we're uh, really excited about that and can't wait down the road to uh, have some things happen. A little bit of a collaboration with some of them, and we're looking forward to, we're exciting to talking with many of them. Uh, We will mention them in the forward coming up episodes as we move along. Uh, Speaking about uh, social media, you can always find us on social media. We have a lot of fun out there, and that includes with these other podcasts, these other Disney-related podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, you can always email us, Hyperion Adventures podcast at gmail.com right right and again thank you for everybody who's already sent some things and uh we really appreciate people who when you listen give us a review yes we love reviews please if you have the time first all we ask for is just to tell a friend that we exist, that we have a Disney podcast that people might be interested in. Uh, just, you know, if they tell a friend, then they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on and so on and so on, as the old commercial <laughs> from the <laughs> 70s went, which is dating, dating. me, obviously, but uh, it, it would help us so much. But a rating, if you get the chance, just, you know, click the stars on wherever you're finding our podcast. That's helpful. A review, if you have the time, is even more helpful, just as people can realize we exist, and also bumps us up a little on some of these podcasts. Uh, podcast search engines so people can find us in a much easier way. Sure. And we also really like to get your feedback, too, so we know what direction you really like with the podcast and what things maybe we need to back off or just drop. (laughs) By the way, uh, shout out. We were talking about podcasts earlier to our uh, friends at Part of Our World podcast that said a really nice thing about our last episode on Twitter and some really nice little nice things about the two of us. I know. That was so sweet. They are amazing. We really love them. We enjoy listening to their podcasts and Thank you. Thank you to both of them for sending us some love. Yeah, so special shout out to them as well as to all the other podcasts that, and uh, just Disney friends that we have out there on social media. Love them all. So we have a lot of stuff for you on today's episode, including Disney releasing two trailers this week (laughs) for highly anticipated films coming out in 2019. Uh, One was kind of a hit. 
Well, not so much on social media. <laughs> we'll discuss more about that later on. Uh, favorite character may be returning to a galaxy far, far away. Ooh. This is interesting and exciting news, possibly. <laughs> and sadly, unfortunately, we uh, have to mourn the passing of another great Disney icon this week. So yes. Sorry. We will discuss that later on. But let's get to happier news first. Let's talk about our main subject of the week. And this week's episode is going to be dealing with something actually I know very little little about but Michelle does and we're going to have a guest coming on in a little bit here who knows a lot about it and that's the Disney Institute. Both uh, Michelle and our guest have attended uh, different seminars for the Disney Institute and they're going to tell you all about it and I'm excited to hear about this because like I said I know very little about it. Right right and so excited to be able to have this platform to be able to finally get to really talk about it a little bit and so looking forward to our guest and, and hearing her stories. I know that she's had, she just came from Literally. the most recent uh, Disney Institute course, so we're looking forward to hearing uh, about that as well. Literally just days ago, so we're yes. excited to hear uh, what has come about from Disney Institute, and of course, Michelle had been there uh, several times a few years back, and so we're going to start with her and let her tell us exactly what Disney Institute is and kind of get a breakdown of, the, of you know, since I'm sure just like me, many of you out there have no idea really what Disney Institute revolves around. Well, cool. Thanks. So Disney Institute is uh, is a way to have some real solid leadership training from people at Disney in the Disney company. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what programs they offer, kind of what sets them apart, because anything Disney does, they do big, they make it special. And as we mentioned, we have a guest who will be giving us hot off the press news. uh, And she's also had some really cool experiences that we kind of got privy information to. And so looking forward to sharing that with everybody. So let's start off with what programs the Disney Institute have. They are leadership development programs. Uh, They have a selection of both single-day type courses or multiple-day leadership courses. Um, They're usually held at either Walt Disney World or the Disneyland Resort. Sometimes companies will have them sponsored, like I went to one actually that a California um, Nurses Association Mm. Uh, sponsored. So it was nice having that opportunity too, because they took the Disney Institute information and tailored it for, for us. So they'll do that as well. But for, for those of you who don't know, Michelle is a registered nurse, by the way. She works within the <laughs> medical industry. She doesn't exactly do uh, what you would see most nurses doing now. She's more in the business and management aspect of it. But maybe a lot of that came from the Disney Institute, some of the stuff she learned. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So now I'm more into the the field of management. I could probably do CPR on you, but don't don't look for me to do much else. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm glad you can at least do that. You know, if anything happens here, if I reach for the microphone and shock myself, maybe you can save me. That'd be nice. I would appreciate that. I know. I know. If she wants to, I know. Sometimes, yeah, not so sure. Right? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Definitely would. But you don't want me to give you a shot. Last time I did that, somebody said, "Wow, it really hurt." So. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm out of practice with that, but anyhow. Stick to your strong point. Yes, yes. Running the, the, hard, the whole darn clinic. That's your, that's your strong point. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call it. Okay, so anyways, um, so the main recurring courses they have are the Disney Approach to Leadership Excellence, 
the Disney's approach to employee engagement, Disney's approach to quality service, and Disney's approach to business excellence. So these are all different seminars that people can attend at different times? Right. Or, right. Exactly. And as I mentioned, each, you know, for these, they have four-day courses that you can go and really delve and get immersed into uh, not only the topic at hand, but... You know, that's why they're great to having them at the resorts because you really get to go on field trips and, you know, really have a broader experience with their training. Uh, but the one-day ones are really great, too, and you, you leave feeling really pumped. You feel like you know a lot more, get some great tips from that, and you also have a great networking experience even with the one days. So, uh, and what's exciting this year, they are going to have the Disney Institute's Women's Leadership Summit at Walt Disney World in June. So that's kind of exciting new. Every once in a while, they'll have a little something or other that they'll switch up. And in fact, um, I have attended three of their multi-day courses uh, in one single-day course. Uh, one of the multi-day courses, they had it as an alumni. So they hmm. it was one where they brought people back together who had attended other ones. So that was a little different, and it was kind of good. They were building off of some of their other, other experiences. So they, they feel you already have the, the base there, so they can right. move on to it. Like exactly. It's like uh, one oh, uh, whatever, Disney 102 rather right. than 101, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good job, honey. Yeah. So um, obviously, when you go, you can find these online, and um, when you look at it, especially looking at the cost, you can tell it's kind of geared to employers covering uh, the fees for this for their for their employees. But you know, considering self development, it's all they are great learning, and as I mentioned, awesome networking programs. So that you really could invest in yourself if you don't. You know, feel like your employer would be able to, um, you know, fit the bill for that. So something to consider as well. Um, for me personally, coming from the perspective of healthcare, most conferences that we attend are all healthcare professionals, and you kind of get into the, the same old, same old type of thing. So getting the opportunity to go to the Disney Institute really expanded perspective on how to deal with different types of leadership elements. So, you know, that was really one of the the takeaways I had on it. But um, also, you really had then a network of people that you could call upon afterwards and really, you know, bounce ideas off of. And, you know, considering that we all came together in a really fun environment Mm -hmm. and everything, people are, you know, very willing to, to share and to give critiques in a very positive and honest approach. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good connections. That's nice. Absolutely. So um, wanted to touch base on some of my personal experiences because I'm um, wanting to share this for so long with people. And also I'm looking forward to hearing, as I mentioned, Amy's. But um, And I really could go on and on. I mean, there are a lot of great things that happen <laughs> when you go to the Disney Institute. First of all, it's Disney, right? Right. How could be? What could be worse than that? You know, I, what I mean, know. you're going to Disney. You know, I mean, like it could be bad. Exactly. You know, yes, you're learning, but you're at Disney. Come on, it's the best, and you're, you know, you're getting behind the scenes kind of exposure to information or sites, you know, and they are really good about even sharing some of the the things that they weren't successful at, so that you don't make the same mistake they did. So it, it's really awesome how, how transparent and how much they share. So, But anyways, my highlights are going to really be um, 
kind of what were the the pixie dust or the magical moments that I experienced. And um, the first one I want to talk about is a field trip that they sent us on. So these things, um, they, they do, they really try to get you, again, to be immersed into their environment. And, and what this was, was a very early morning. In fact, it was a before park open experience. Um, they had us go out to, uh, it's now called the Seas with Nemo and Friends Pavilion. Okay. at Epcot. Sure. It was called the Living Seas. And they actually sent us out kind of like on a um, scavenger hunt. We were supposed to be looking at the four keys to ensure a great customer experience. And so what they did was they sent us out there. As I mentioned, the park hadn't opened. Now, if you've never been to Epcot or the Seas pavilion. It contains one of the largest man-made underwater environments in the world. Mm-hmm. 5.7 million gallon saltwater aquarium. This thing is enormous. Mm-hmm. It's big. It is a big aquarium. It is. So what they really wanted us to do, as I mentioned, was to go around and look for examples of these four keys. Now, the four keys, and if you've ever gone on the Keys to the Kingdom tour, which, which we, we have. did, yes. so you know the four keys as well. I don't know if you remember any of them. Uh, very few. <laughs> <laughs> and the, Mostly because I want to go on it again because right? I love that tour. Exactly. But yes, no, no. You know, and, the, and what it is is these are, are keys or they're things that Disney shares with every cast member so that it can help guide them in decision making uh, to make sure that they're supporting great customer experiences. And they go in this order. Uh, safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. But anyways... That's what we were supposed to be looking at. But I found myself just mesmerized by this whole experience. And the it fish? Was, <laughs> the fish. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mesmerized by aquariums, too. I can stare at them for hours. Right? You know. And imagine being in this building. I mean, there weren't. it's huge. It's a huge aquarium. And you might not even see anybody for a few minutes because we're all kind of just meandering around looking for things and I really found myself that I kind of ditched what the assignment was and I just lived in the moment and there was really such a surreal experience being in this giant room with a an enormous aquarium watching all the marine life around very early in the morning and it was just I, I, I don't know how to explain it other than saying awe Fingers up in the air. Awesome. You know. uh, awesome. 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 <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, so it was it was tranquil. It was just special. And I knew that it was an experience not many people on this earth get to do, right? Mm-hmm. So it was one of my biggest wow experiences there. Yeah. Going back to your uh, mention of the keys to the kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I think was interesting about that and that we learned on this tour is that when things pop up, when you we're trying to an- when uh, cast members are trying to answer a question, uh, they kind of go through the keys to the kingdom to decide how the best way to approach it. Is it safe? Is right. it? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm losing courtesy. Is it? Uh, is there courtesy involved? Is there show involved? So it needs to be you know someone out there you know to put on a show essentially right. to be out there. They are cast members, not just employees, remember. Exactly. At all. And so they kind of follow this to kind of come up with the answer to the, the, the questions that are asked of them. Right. And it, it's brilliant actually. And, you know, before ever going to the Disney Institute, I would never have thought about that. And, 
and especially the part that safety is first and and obviously duh but not thinking of it mm-hmm. it's like it's great that that organization has put safety as the priority in anything that they do whether they're building something or like you said as a even a frontline cast member having to make a decision their focus first and foremost is safety of the guests so. And uh, we do highly recommend, we may go over tours again at some uh, future episode, but that oh, Keys yeah. to the Kingdom tour at Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World Resort is spectacular. It's a, you know, it's like an eight-hour tour, but it's really worth it. Uh, y- y- you go through, uh, they go and they explain through various different parts of the park uh, how these four keys play a part in right. it. And uh, it really is great. And you also get some backstage access, which is magnificent as well. Right, so. exactly. You know, whether you're talking tours or, you know, Disney Institute or whatever, there there are some foundational things that they they do explore and share with people in all types of settings. And so the keys are, are one of those things. Yeah. So. so Sorry, I, got, I broke away from the subject a no, little bit, but I just thought the keys are such a, a big thing with Disney that right, we need to touch on a little more. But please, go on. No, no, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so the next magical experience was when they provided with us with a portion of day one orientation for a new cast member. And oh my God, that was insanely magical. So um, the program is, you know, very much effective at what they want to do. They're really immersing their new cast members, their new employees into what their company is all about and to recognize that their role is a part of keeping up this tradition, mm. and that, which is why it's called Traditions. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know it was really cool. You know, they had some of the the actual instructors come in and actually kind of walk us through portions of that day. And it really just made me feel like, okay, sign me up. I want to work for the Disney company. I still want to work for the Disney company. If anybody out there at Disney is listening, (laughs) I'd love to work for the Disney company. Feel free to contact us at any time. Exactly. Um, I would be more than happy to work for Disney. Right, right. But, you know, I mean, obviously without getting into a lot of details, but just hearing about the whole history of, you know, Walt you know, the movies, the parks, you know, what they're trying to do, that it's it's very family geared and that family can have a lot of different meanings. It's it, it, just one of those touching experience. And again, it was that behind the scenes, wow, this is what a new employee gets to see. And it's like so awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. We see that all the time. We go to the parks. We can tell when it's hiring season because there'll be groups getting their right. orientation around the park. You just see these groups, uh, you know, they'll be, have a lead cast member there and uh, all this group of probably about 10 people there just kind of following them around and they're sending them off on different different tasks right. and everything. Sometimes we've even seen them do some things like scavenger hunts or whatever. Exactly. So, kind of so it's really fascinating to see. And that's cool that you get a little taste of that when yeah. going to the Institute. Yeah. I know. I know. It was, it was awesome, as I mentioned. So, um, and the last point that I'll share um, before we bring Amy on is, um, again, being immersed into the magic uh, for example, getting to see the wardrobe area. That's insane. Mm. That place is just incredible. It's so hard to even imagine it until you see it. And then you're like, wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> got to be amazing. You just don't even think about how many cast members are there and uh, how many different uh, pieces of how much uniforms and how many costumes right. and everything else there are. That, that place has got to be 
enormous. It it's got to be gigantic. It I just is. can't even think about how many, <laughs> how many different pieces of clothing there must be in there. Think of like the most giant dry cleaner in the world. Yeah. <laughs> And having rows and rows and rows of kind of like the uh, the door vault in uh, Monstropolis right, in Monsters like Inc. Yeah, that is perfect. where all those doors are. Perfect analogy. Yeah. Perfect analogy. Uh, I remember somebody who um, used to work at Disney, and I don't know if they still say this, but they talked about having three sets of uniforms: uh, one on the rack, one on your back, and one on the sack. <laughs> So one is on the rack, it's clean, ready to you know go. One that you're wearing that day, and one that's in the dirty clothes that needs wow. to be washed. Interesting. Yeah, right? It's yeah, cool so, stuff. But anyway, so you know, those are just again a few of the the magical experiences. I mean, again, it's it, they, I'm kind of shying away from giving the explanation that the main emphasis of it it is a learning experience. They are teaching you their leadership skills of what their experiences are, whether you're talking about how to build quality in your product or your service, or whether you're talking about, you know, how to get employees to feel valued and to therefore, you know, be better cast members or better employees for you. They really do that. And I know my experiences that I just discussed left all that out. <laughs> but that's kind of like a given, right? When Disney has an institute or a university and they're going to teach you, they will teach you and you'll come out with mega information of things to try and new ideas. And, you know, so that kind of, when I was explaining this experience or my stories, I kind of left that other part out because it's kind of like, I felt like it was a given. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Disney. You, you know what to expect. You expect right. magic, and you expect uh, you know, and something like this. I you would expect uh, with customer service or business excellence right. or whatever. I mean, Disney is top notch. Right. Uh, bottom line, top to bottom, they are great at what they do, and uh, to be able to pass that on to people, I, I think is is fantastic for them. Exactly. And you know, you you do get a lot of information there. Uh, you know, they give you a handbook that has information. You're getting speakers presenting information. Uh, you get opportunities, as I mentioned, to network and kind of try things out or try ideas out with other attendees. So, um, again, that's all great. That's all fun and exciting. But some of the other things that really sets this apart from other leadership trainings are, are the experiences that they create for the attendees. Wow. I love it. I love it so much. I think it's such a great uh, thing for them to do, and I think it's very interesting. And even though I really don't have, I would think, the need for it right where I am right now, uh, it would just be fascinating to attend, I would think, you know, and maybe it could help me in my uh, career life somewhere. Absolutely. Else. Even know. at my elevated age of 75. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I, you know, there's, there is just so much great information, whether you're using it in your career, your personal life. And uh, again, it, you know, just like we, we spend money, you know, on vacations, multiple day vacations going to Disney. It's kind of like, well, this is, it's a vacation, but you come out learning things as That's well. That's good. I always learn things at Disney anyway. That's true. You know, that I, is you true. Know, where the shortest uh, dole whip line is. And <laughs> That's right. How to get that fast pass. And, yes. You know. 
Uh, but that's great. No, I love it. I love it all. And uh, learning with Disney. Learning that's, with that's Disney. That's a lot of fun. That's great, right. Great. So that's Michelle's experience with the Disney Institute. And this was from, you know, a few years back. But we now have somebody who was just literally there just a couple days ago to experience the exact same thing. And I thought that she could come on and bring her uh, us her knowledge of this. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting. And one, also, because she's a great supporter of the show. She's an OG Hyperion adventurer. And she, matter of fact, she gave us our topic for last week, the five uh, best Disney couples. Uh, she's helped us so many ways. And it's so exciting to finally be able to bring her on the show to uh, help us out in a great topic. So we'd like to bring on right now, Amy Adams. Wait, not, not, not that Amy Adams. I know what you're thinking, but <laughs> let me tell you, this woman is equally as spectacular, and we're so happy yeah. to finally have her join us on the show. Amy, welcome to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. So, Amy, I know that I have a little bit of history with this myself, having an actor with my name, Tom Howell, from <laughs> way back in the early 80s. That I have a difficulty Googling my own name. It's got to be really tough for you <laughs> right now with someone, an Oscar winner who is fairly popular right now. Absolutely. I have to say, though, um, I always joke that it could be much worse, right? Like Amy Adams, the Oscar winner, she's amazing. She does fantastic things in the community and nothing but good stuff. And sharing a name with a Disney princess certainly is, a, a I don't know, I think that's pretty special. Absolutely. And, uh, and speaking of special... We feel that way about you, as Tom mentioned. Aww, you, you've been here with us from the start. This has been a great experience getting to meet you, um, you know, in the way we did because Facebook and social media has really brought us together and you're amazing and we're so excited to have you here and to hear about you. Now, we know a little bit about you, but we'd like our listeners to, you know, get to know who Amy Adams is. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, we met online through this great community of Disney fans. I think there's nothing like Disney folks out there, right? right. So I'm, I'm really thrilled to support you in your endeavor here. I really admire folks like you and Tom who take that Disney passion and give back to other Disney fans and just share your knowledge and really have that outlet. So thank you for giving me that today as well. Oh, thank you. So I live in Northern Virginia in the Washington, D.C. metro area. I'm a program manager for a large aerospace and defense company. I was on client-facing programs for pretty much my entire career since graduating college, large government programs, government contracts. And about two and a half years ago, I was looking for new challenges, and I took on an internal role in my company. So my team operates at the segment level of our organization. We provide training and guidance on program management best practices. We do a lot of policy guidance, documentation, and program audits. We also support new program or contract wins for the first few months to get set up, get processes in place and aligned with best practices and policies for successful execution down the road. Nice. Uh, Personally, I've been married for 11 years. My husband and I met in college. And we have a seven-year-old son. Everyone here is into Star Wars and into all things (laughs) Disney. (laughs) Just like us. You know that. Yes. So uh, what drew you towards, um, other than it just being something more to expand your, your, your Disney portfolio, what drew you towards going and attending the Disney Institute? 
Sure, sure. Well, I have attended, uh, this last week was my third experience with them. I've attended the leadership course, and this one was quality service. They're Disney's approach to leadership excellence, Disney's approach to quality service. And then two years ago, the inaugural customer experience summit, which was a little different nice. format. Um, so the first time, I was drawn to the business insights from a brand I love. I think when you learn in the context of something you're genuinely interested in or really have a passion for, it sticks with you and has right. a deeper impact than just academia or a typical classroom learning. Um, I, For example, when I managed a team of software developers, they would request to attend training at Microsoft in Washington for very similar reasons, right? They're learning right. from a leader in the industry and a company you admire. And I feel like that investment into those higher branded learnings really mean that the lessons and experience have an impact. So that was the first time. And then those experiences were just so fantastic. I kept going back to my company and asking for the uh, training budget to attend again. Right. So I had been applying for the external funds for two years, really, since that uh, 2016 summit to wow. attend another. And I'm very fortunate and grateful to work for a company that does invest in their people. And this year we had the budget and the support from my direct management to attend. So they asked that I tack this Disney Institute trip onto an already planned visit to our headquarters in Florida. And so this aligned nicely with uh, this particular timing, aligned nicely with an event we hosted the week prior over on the Space Coast of Florida. Nice. Well, from that, what would you say is your impression of what sets Disney Institute apart from other leadership-type development programs? Sure, sure. Well, I think whether you're a Disney fan or not, and frankly, a lot of my colleagues in all of these courses, they didn't come because they love the parks. They came because <laughs> the Disney name stands right. out, right? Sure. I mean. Everyone knows that Disney means quality and Disney means excellence and service and all those wonderful things. It's just um, a brand that we all aspire to be like. Right. So um, what I found that really sets them apart, though, is not only introducing their unique Disney approaches, but really getting you out there in the field and that what they call mm -hmm. the living laboratory. Right. And the opportunity to kind of go behind the scenes to observe how those methodologies um, are put into place. But uniquely how you can, as a professional, extract those lessons and adapt and apply them to really any environment that you work in. I find that's really clever. They're not there to dictate this is the Disney way and you right. have to do it that way. It's, hey, here are our lessons over our um, history of being such a success and how you can apply them in your own life. Absolutely. Well, speaking about that, and I know you just came back, so you're probably trying to process all the information, but <laughs> <laughs> were there any takeaways or things that you thought, now that I've heard this, I'm going to do something differently or I'm going to implement this program or this project, you know, as a, kind of as a result of attending the course. Yeah, sure. There were a few things. So a key learning component to your days here at Disney Institute are what they call insights. And they say these are, quote, business neutral truths that transcend boundaries of industry and geography. And so I feel like a few of those insights in particular, too, mm -hmm. I wanted to speak to that I'm going to take back. And these insights, we discussed 128 of them. They have them listed in our course materials um, throughout the week. Wow. 
So, you know, just taking that number alone, you can see how much that you learn throughout the week. (laughs) The first one in particular um, is, quote, an organization must cultivate internal customer service with the same intentionality as external customer service, end quote. So for my team, as I mentioned, we're sort of internal consultants um, to our company. And I really took that to heart because Mm -hmm. I think we need to shift to a mindset of service and support rather than putting out fires or just getting things done, thinking more at the task level. Right. And what Disney speaks to here is designing processes around every customer touch point beyond the obvious, they say. So we did a couple exercises where we map out our touch points through any of our standard processes. So Mm -hmm. physically drawing them out and trying to think, okay, is it an email? Is it a website? You know, some of those non-traditional, it doesn't have to be a customer phone call or meeting. But those different ways that you interact. And uh, what I'm going to do this week is go back and map out a couple of those key processes with the touch points for various processes that we control and certainly analyze how we can improve them, both from email communications, documentation, support, everything along that line. That's awesome. And then the other big insight was, um, quote, a common purpose is the essential foundation on which all other service decisions can be developed, end quote. So for me, um, we spoke a lot in our course about your sphere of influence, So, Mm -hmm. for example, at Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, their common purpose is we create happiness by providing the finest in entertainment for people of all ages everywhere. And that's something internal. You may or may not know that. But basically, all cast members, no matter their business, and within Disney Parks and Resorts, there's many, Mm -hmm. um, they can refer back to this and understand how their role fits into We Create Happiness. So for me, my team is part of a huge company. We have about 17,000 employees. I can't change or impact my company's common purpose. But back to my sphere of influence within my team, we're very spread out geographically. We often have site leads working with program teams on their own without the direct contact or leadership of our core team here. So I think we really need to define and put into writing a common purpose for our team so that folks can understand when they're out there and motivate everyone in these roles. Oh, that that's great. It sounds like you've already uh, really, you know, like I said, grasped a lot of the great learnings and have a plan set in motion. So that's awesome. And that's a big part of the process there at the Disney Institute mm-hmm. is within our course materials, they give you a beautiful binder that they call your participant guide. And it has all the materials there, but there's a lot of worksheets. So there's a lot of time spent throughout the day to reflect and do that sort of thing. So it's not as if I was sitting in the class all week. Now I'm back. I'm overwhelmed. You know, I really was able to extract these things throughout the week. Right. So they've already stuck with me, even though I haven't been back to work yet. That's awesome. Well, kind of talking on that, can you describe for our listeners, like, what is the flow of the days? You know, because traditionally, you think of an institute, you might think, okay, you're sitting there in a room and there's speaker after speaker after speaker. But, but how does Disney... What time is recess? I know. Yeah. <laughs> but what, if you could, kind of describe the, the flow of the days. Well, funny enough, Tom, I have to tell you, we all know, um, if you're Disney fans out there, a lot of things that Disney does, particularly around numbers, they kind of keep it 
close, right? They don't share a lot of information. So right. when you register with Disney Institute, you certainly get your start time and end time each day <laughs> for planning transportation or, you know, any evening activities you might do. But I think my one point of feedback with them um, that just <laughs> really gets to me and my personality is there's no detailed agenda for the day. So you're right, Tom. I was sitting there thinking, man, when's the break? When's the stuff? <laughs> because I didn't have that kind of control, but that's okay. They, they do it for a reason, and it's fine, it, truly. So these Disney Institute courses are always held, well, forgive me, for some context, I've only attended the multi-day ones on Disney property. They do offer one-day courses and courses at your company, right. and those might be structured differently. So the ones that I've attended have been at a Disney um, convention resort. They're always held there because the courses are held within the convention center. And then you have two Disney Institute facilitators, is what they call them, and those are our instructors. To be a Disney Institute facilitator, you have to have a lot of experience with the Walt Disney Company. So they're not just hired to be teachers. They really have so much experience and depth and breadth that they can add and illustrate different stories to help enhance those lessons right. that they're teaching. Then the room has a couple of Disney Institute support staff. They guide you through some of the little field trips you take or the technology. And then they have some other Disney folks observing, just coming and going throughout the day. Um, so it is a typical convention center setup where you go into the room and there might be uh, tables set up with small groups. The one course I attended, we had 50 folks and this one was closer to 30. But, of course, as Disney does, when you first get there, there's a little bit of swag and <laughs> Mickey confetti, and you know the second you walk in, okay, this isn't going to be completely typical, right? Right. So that makes you smile from the beginning. Yes. Um, there are great food and beverages uh, offered throughout. Um, <laughs> as with all things Disney, you never go hungry. Right. That's for sure. And those are going to be different based on the course and location you attend to because the convention center staff, the catering staff, is from that particular resort. So right. you'll get different offerings, always with a Disney twist, but nice. um, lots of great snacks and meals. Right. As I mentioned, there's uh, course materials are provided, your participant guides. You can follow along. You can take notes. Um, you have exactly what the instructors have on the screen, and there's a lot of worksheets in there and some that are just in the back to take home and do again with your group. Mm-hmm. The day is structured between a combination of lectures, but again, these are not boring. They're fascinating stories and the way they go through uh, the materials. They mix in some videos. Some are interviews with Walt. Some are interviews with cast members out in the parks. Um, some are backstage lessons of how they maybe implemented something. So there's really a variety of media that keeps the day moving. Nice. And um, we had one, what they called a field experience, each day. And this is where you go out, you get out of the room, which always feels good, and you see those Disney insights and actions at the parks, the resorts, both on stage and, and backstage. Right. And they call this their living laboratory. You take buses, so the transportation around the, uh, the parks isn't an issue. They're very efficient and... Uh, I think we'll get into some of those details later. But again, you really get to get out there and see what's going on. And I love that. Yes. Then there's time for small group work interspersed throughout the day or personal reflection. So I attended this course by myself. 
but many other folks in the room were attending with two or three people from their company. So the small group time was a chance to, if you're with other people uh, from your company, that you can sit and dig into a problem or do an exercise specific to you. Whereas when I was by myself, I would either do the exercise by myself or partner up with someone from a completely different industry, and we got kind of fresh eyes, right, looking at right. the problem or looking at the work we did. So. Right. That's I always such a that. right. That's a great networking experience that they really, you know, help foster. And then, you, like you said, you you get that different perspective, or you know, something that you might have seen always as a challenge. Somebody else looks at it, and they may have had something comparable but different, and say, you know, try this approach. And so, it is nice to get, like you said, the fresh eyes on some of the the techniques or, or some of the issues that are at hand. Absolutely, yes. And so they're long days. I mean, there's a lot of information, and we started about 7.30 with the breakfast. Uh, the course content started right at 8, and then we went to about 4.30 most days, um, with the exception of the first day, check-in, I presume, so that folks can travel and also so they can have an evening event. Mm-hmm. That first day was 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., um, instead of, of the day. So honestly, that first night into the next morning is a tight turn when you leave your, <laughs> your right. class at 10 and you're right. back at 7.30. Yes. <laughs> so they're long days, they're tiring, but I mean, in the best way, because you're learning so much and you're interacting with amazing people. And of course, you're running around the parks a little bit too. Right. So it's, it's intense, but in the most positive way. Nice. Well, we happen to know that your family was with you some of the time there. Um, How did that work for you? And what would you recommend if somebody was considering attending the Disney Institute and trying to decide, bring family, don't bring family? What was your experience? Sure, sure. So as I mentioned, my company wanted to pair up a normal office visit. I, I go to Florida about quarterly to visit my team and, you know, just do some FaceTime there. So they wanted to pair that trip with the Disney Institute trip. And my son is seven and being away for two weeks was just too much for all of us. So luckily this um, particular year, we don't always, but this year we have annual passes. So when we did the math and looked at things, it made sense for my husband and my son to come down and join me for the weekend in between. And then they stayed till uh, Tuesday once I had started the course so that we could be together. And I know a lot of people attending also had family joining. I think when you're attending this sort of thing, um, a lot of folks have not been to Disney World or they just want to get there again, right? Right. So I found it very easy. Um, Disney definitely encourages it. It's not something you have to hide. Mm. Um, The key is that you're attending course all day, but then they offer these other things to make it easy for your family to join. So for example, when you register for a course, Disney offers discounted rooms for the event. Um, It's a great price based off of the rack rate for sure. It's a very, very affordable price for these deluxe resorts. And you can extend that reservation for a few days before or after the course based on availability, certainly. And so if you're able to bring your family down before or after and stay in that nicer room for the lower rate, I mean, that's fantastic. Yes. They also offer convention discounted tickets. As you know, Disney very rarely offers discounted tickets, but (laughs) this is a great way to get them. They even offer unique bundles like a two-day ticket or an after 4 p.m. entry. 
So if you think about it, if our course is ending around that time, then you and your family can have these after 4 p.m. tickets right. and go enjoy the parks at night and both see the lessons that you've experienced in action, but also get a chance to enjoy the parks as a family. Right. So I really don't think it's an issue at all. Um, Disney makes it very easy by offering these discounts. And a lot of the folks I spoke with, their family either during the day was exploring the parks on their own or just enjoying the property. Right. And uh, several people were working from the resorts as well, if they have that ability. So I think it's a great opportunity if you're able to. Cool. So... We also heard that some folks at Disney Institute actually selected you for a video interview. How exciting. (laughs) Uh, Can you tell us about this special opportunity? Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. So um, someone from the marketing team spoke on maybe day three. I think it was just briefly. And they said that they were looking for a few volunteers to speak to our experience for a promotional video for Disney Institute. They don't do this every week. It turns out it had been about 18 months since they had done filming. So it truly was just dumb luck, right? Nice. Magic. Good place. As they say. Yes. So, of course, I signed up. I mean, I was practically falling over myself to find the uh, the sign-up Crossing out other people's names, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they changed their mind. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, I I was very anxious to do that. But, honestly, I was also approached by a couple of the CMs, uh, forgive me, cast members, Mm -hmm. encouraging me because of my participation in class. They knew I attended previous events and my visible passion for the brand. So. I wanted to do it because it was just pure fun, right? I mean, I joke that I have this dream of being on a video on the Magical Express or in the (laughs) resort room one day. So this is not that, but the opportunity to give back to a Disney Institute after such fantastic experiences. And I knew I would have things to offer. I mean, as you can see, I'm very excited about these opportunities, and I wanted to give back to them. Awesome. So we signed up, and then uh, the next day was filming. And I had to laugh because uh, <laughs> that morning, through other circumstances, I happened to have ridden Slinky Dog Dash over at Hollywood <laughs> Studios. So I had to smile to myself because there was no time to redo my hair and makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, straightened my scarf, put on some lip gloss, and nice. off we go. Right. So when it was my time, I was introduced to the crew and just small world, I happened to know the interviewer from my previous customer experience summit. We had not kept in touch, but I recognized her. We had sat together at one of those events. So that was wonderful because we had an instant connection. Nice. Um, So I I felt really comfortable, which was great. Um, So I got mic'd up. I felt very official. I signed the waiver. Again, I was... uh, (laughs) laughing at myself because I don't even think I read it. I was just so thrilled to be there. (laughs) (laughs) You sold your firstborn, but... (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But it was worth it, You gotta do what you gotta do for Disney, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. No, they, you know, I had a sense of what we were doing, of course. They explained these were for promotional and social media videos. Disney Institute has a YouTube channel and a strong Facebook presence and that sort of thing, so... They had it set up in a little room at the convention center there with a couple different cameras and lights and the microphone on me as well as the one above my head. They had three crew members, um, you know, things like sound camera plus the interviewer. Like, wow. it was very official. I mean, yeah. this is their careers. They they do this kind of production work. So, again, she made me feel really comfortable, explained the purpose of the video. 
Um, and then on camera, she asked specific questions that she had on a sheet that were pre-planned. I think she was asking of everyone mm -hmm. who sat in for this. But then based on what I said, she might have asked me to expand on something or she's the producer of these. So she had right. a sense of, you know, the kind of messages she was looking for or my particular experience that sure. she wanted to expand on. Um, and I, I love doing it. I was really comfortable, but I was also very intentional with my words. You know, you have the cameras on right. you and, and the lights. and <laughs> Not intimidating I at I all. Had, <laughs> right. I kind of wish I had more time for notes and more mm -hmm. prep. I mean, I get that they want you to be casual and impromptu responses to be a genuine testimony, but... Right. You know, looking back, I wish I was a little more polished, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure it looked great. <laughs> um, when it was over, I was given my choice of thank you gifts. They had a nice table set up with, like, the Disney Institute book, Be Our Guest, which is Ooh, fantastic, yeah. and uh, some other business accessories with Disney Institute logoing on them, and a big old pile of, of course, Mickey-shaped Rice Krispie Treats. They should take as many as you want. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bonus right yes. there. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And... Uh, she thanked me, and they said you were great, and I will definitely be in the final video was the, the verbal promise. So wow. a few months production, and they'll be out there. So, again, it was just really fun. You know, it's one of those just magical, fun Disney things as a fan I got right. to experience. But I also felt really good about giving back because, again, Disney Institute has been so fantastic in all my experiences. I really wanted to help them in, in these promotional things. So sure. it was a cool experience. That's for sure. I bet. And now we may have a new star with the name Amy Adams coming to a screen near you <laughs> right. anytime now. Well, I was going to say, now, if, very kind. We'll now if that Amy Adam Googles her name, she might find you online. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. That awesome. Awesome. Well, that's what, what an exciting adventure for you there. That's so cool. Sure. And, you know, we're our own worst critics, right? So Absolutely. My hair and makeup was better. Right. I, I said better things. But in the end, it was great fun. That's for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Well, aside from that interview opportunity, which sounds so impressive and so amazing, what would you say was your favorite pixie dust moment of this last Disney Institute training? Oh, my goodness. I have so many. I'm just know. Lying, just lying. <laughs> well, we, you know, we cheat here. Yeah, when we do list, our list, so we have 5A, we have a, a, B. 5B. So feel free to do that. We do that all the time. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, one thing I think that was really fun and honestly kind of unexpected uh, was meeting interesting and successful people from around the world. Mm -hmm. I have to say, in my business work, when they say, oh, we're going to go do networking, you know, it's really not my favorite thing. I like talking to people, but when it feels forced or like you have to make a connection right. for the sake of business or, hey, during this designated time, we're going to be networking, right. it, just, it doesn't sit well with me. Sure. But I, I came away from this just thrilled to have met some fantastic people. There were um, professionals across the U.S. in various industries, but I also connected with a radio host from the number one radio show in Chile. Wow. As well as uh, two gentlemen who sell luxury goods in Hong Kong and Bali. Wow. And I never would have, you know, connected with these kind of people if right. it weren't for that. They, uh, they add a really unique perspective on what we're learning in the class. 
but then also it's just fascinating to hear about their lives, their vacations, their family. Like I never would have encountered those kind of, you know, really wonderful people otherwise. So that was kind of a surprise for me because again, I didn't go with the intent of, oh, I'm going to go network. (laughs) Right. But uh, it was really great, really great. Cool. And then the other main thing, of course, is the uh, field experiences, which Mm -hmm. are these field trips that have been planned by Disney and also some surprises coming out of those. So the one that we did was at Magic Kingdom. We went backstage into their what they call Utilidors, mm-hmm. which is um, a really great opportunity as a fan to see. I think the only other way you can see it is with the Keys to the Kingdom tour, which I've never done. Right. So this was a real treat for me and also had a lot of business takeaways. So for those not familiar, the Utilidors are kind of underground, but since we're in Florida, they're not really underground with the water table. (laughs) (laughs) When they were building Magic Kingdom, they used the land from digging the Seven Seas Lagoon to build up the earth to about three stories high. So if you picture Main Street USA, we're actually on the second level, and then these Utilidors are level one. Right. So it's a very highly functional space. It's 2.7 miles of corridors around the Magic Kingdom. And so from a functionality perspective that gives cast members quick access, um, you know, they can move different parts of the operation, whether it's something you've purchased, they're taking to the front of the park or an emergency situation or just keeping the integrity of the show. You'll never see a Fantasyland costumed employee cast member over in Frontierland, right? Right. So that was just fascinating to see. And then we were able to study the way Disney has information, motivation, and comforts for their cast members down there. So again, back to some of our insights, that is demonstrating the internal service and how Disney cares for its people. They had, uh, you can picture kind of cheesy, like motivational bulletin boards, right, at your typical (laughs) company. Right. And this isn't that. This is dialed up with Disney touches. So I love seeing the leadership photos and their names. Disney says they're a first-name company. So you have these very high executives there, you know, prominently displayed, like, I'm here to help. Here's my name key information on the parks um, so that these cast members can provide us, the guests, all the the right information and um, things that are up to date on special events. They've made their shift sign in and out very efficient and effective when you think of the thousands of people they have coming and going from their positions there at any given day. Um, It was fascinating to see these processes in place. The cast member recognition They have a lot of different ways and tools for cast members to recognize each other. So when you're looking at these as a guest and as a student, really, you think of how can I take this back and extract it? Um, Simple things like lockers and break rooms. They have music playing down there, but what kind of music do they have? Not Disney music because (laughs) cast members are people too. So (laughs) they they get to relax there. And... uh, Something else that struck me, they have a wall of photos of Walt really beginning Walt Disney World, and it keeps the cast members in perspective and keeps them inspired. So that was a real treat. Again, putting on both hats as like a big Disney fan. Wow, look what I get to see. But also just as a student and, you know, a business professional being able to see how things are implemented and how I can take that away. Right, right. Then I'm going to say 1B, (laughs) one more field experience, if you don't mind. Not at all. Go for it. So 
one of our days we went to Hollywood Studios and again because Disney is not giving you a detailed agenda the night before we just knew we're not going to have breakfast in our room as usual you know be here on time and the buses will be leaving for our field experience so with that we were taken over to Hollywood Studios and we had a catered breakfast planned at the Brown Derby Ooh. which doesn't serve breakfast as you know so right. that was a treat just yeah. to be there and this is before park opening and they were then introducing our activity, which is going to be exploring the park, but they have these Disney Institute iPads to kind of capture examples of what we studied, and we put them all in a matrix to see these lessons in action again. Wow. So if you can picture the Brown Derby, that location is further up Hollywood Boulevard, right. if you're looking, looking at the park. So as we entered um, from a backstage area, we were able to see what we call the rope drop crowd, which is the folks who gather all of those guests ready to hit the park as soon as it opens. Yes. But we saw that from the other side. Mm. And my family <laughs> were very <laughs> avid rope droppers. So being able to see that from the other side sure. was a real treat, you know, because Again, just being in an empty park and experiencing something new, I think that's that's a big piece of the magic. Right. So we were put in pairs for this activity, and uh, just the way we happened to sit that day, I was with a new Disney Institute cast member. She was attending the course to learn to see how these courses go to ultimately perform in her role supporting Disney Institute. Cool. So through conversation, I learned at breakfast that she had never ridden Slinky Dog Dash, <laughs> which is, you know, the premier attraction right. in Toy Story Land. So it's on is what I think. <laughs> you now have a challenge. <laughs> because I see, you know, we're here before park opening. We can do this. I've done this many times. But it is risky. It is risky. Right. Because uh, we only had a limited time for our activity. There's a lot of guests who've been waiting out front for a long time before the park opens. So right. our group finished breakfast around 845. It was a 9 o'clock opening. And our cast member gave the all clear, told us when to meet again, and you can go ahead. So we're in the Brown Derby, if you can picture it, and I see the rope drop crowd through the windows there <laughs> coming down Hollywood Boulevard. So I grab my new friend, and <laughs> earlier at breakfast when I used the restroom, I happened to do a little recon, and I saw a side door. So we dashed out the side door, which um, led us out of the Brown Derby behind the archway that goes into Animation Courtyard and oh, okay, Star yeah. Launch Bay. Mm-hmm. So we come out, and this puts us literally steps ahead of the cast members leading the rope drop. Nice. Which, again, if you've ever done rope drop, that's unheard of because yes. you're behind the cast members. Right. And aligned with some of the lessons we learned, this is how Disney has a very firm process in place to control safety. Right. So we walk around to Toy Story Land, and we um, we hit a new line of cast members, and it was just fascinating to see this rope drop process up close. I've been in the herd many, many times. I've never been at the front of the pack. Wow. So again, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trading hats. Like, huge Disney fan. This is amazing. <laughs> We're right here in the front. And then Disney Institute student, wow, you know, look how organized they are. Watch that leader dictating the pace so that we stay safe and everyone's together and telling us where to go. And and all that. So at the end of the day, we were the second car of Slinky that morning. We could have been the first, but since it was her first time, I right. said, oh, we are riding in the front. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do this. That's right. So um, 
truly, it just it made me so happy to help create a fun Disney memory for her based right. on my own experience, but also seeing these lessons from our course in action. So we rode Slinky. We got off nice. the line with 85 minutes, you know, 10 minutes before park wow, opening. Wow. It had already spiked. And uh, so we still had plenty of time to complete our assignment. Honestly, we did a lot of our assignment in this process, as I've explained. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I hope you got that a hashtag. A I hope you got a hashtag cast compliment for that because uh, it was <laughs> yeah. very nice of you to do that. <laughs> Aw, thanks. But uh, it, it was a real treat. And as, as you know, as fans who go in the parks a lot, I love helping others just make the most of their experience and, you know, being able to do that for a cast member who had been here a bit and in the college right. program, that that was really cool. So um, no guarantees if you attend Disney Institute that you can rope drop Slinky, but, right. it, you know, <laughs> it happened to work out and that was a really special memory now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you'll you'll spark other people to have ideas of what special things that they can try to do as well. And, uh, you know, like you said, with the video, this was another opportunity that you took um, to give back, and that's amazing, and that's so special, and that's one of the things we really love about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was great. Really great fun. Cool, cool. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with everybody about your experience, whether at this Disney Institute program or in any of the other ones? Is something, you know, a takeaway that you really want to make sure we get this message? Yeah, sure, sure. I think um, just a quick story about something I applied from previous because we spoke about what I will do from this one. Right. But I mentioned that I previously attended the Disney's Approach to Leadership Excellence. Mm -hmm. And I will say that um, I learned this past week they have since reimagined that course, but by reimagined, I'm sure the whole thing is not redone. You know, there's a lot of of core pillars there that they keep. but. Um, one of the things we go through in that class is defining your leadership legacy and really crafting your vision mm-hmm. as a leader. And what do you leave behind? Because as a great leader, inevitably you're growing other leaders or you take new positions. So I really um, I like that concept. And in that, one of the things they did was they told the story of Walt presenting his idea of Snow White to the animators. Mm. Um And he basically, I mean, they they tell it a beautiful story. I won't do it justice. But essentially, one late night, he asked everyone to stay. And he acted out the whole story of Snow White to them one night after work, Mm -hmm. kind of showing his vision. Right. And another example of that was when they had the idea to first build Animal Kingdom. Uh, They presented to Michael Eisner, Disney's CEO at the time. They brought in a tiger into a boardroom Mm. to illustrate how real and how close the animals would be. So I think with those examples, I was really inspired to, like, how do I then inspire my team through vision and example rather than just tasking or telling them to do something? You can have a greater impact when you really use some creativity and show that vision. So that really impacted my style of leadership on that team. I led that team for about four years, and I've since moved on in my current role, but I continue to hear things that I put in place that have stuck or things people miss about my leadership there. And it really is validating that if you take the time to craft what they call a leadership legacy, you know, you're not just doing a job. You really can have an impact on things. That is so awesome. What a great story. We really appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, you know, 
you know, kind of taking the, the Disney Institute that you, you know, you enjoyed attending these programs, but, you know, that it has a lasting effect for you and for others. So uh, that can't be a better testament to, you know, the effectiveness of these programs. Sure, sure. Thank you. All right. Well, we really appreciate your time and all the wonderful wealth of information that you shared and, and some of, you know, letting us kind of live vicariously through you with some of the fun things that you got to do. Uh, we also are very appreciative that you're uh, willing to go along with our tradition of sharing tips. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I have so many. I'm thrilled. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And I know Tom usually is, you know, really pumps me up by saying that I have a good tip, but I am very certain that you are going to have a very wonderful tip for our listeners. So go for it, Amy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, this is a new tip for me. Um, this is something I learned on one of my Disney Disney Institute field experiences in the Magic Kingdom this past week. So I definitely wanted to share because it's, uh, it's new for me. I've been in Magic Kingdom many times, but this is kind of great trivia and also super useful. So in Magic Kingdom, mm -hmm. you were walking up Main Street, USA, towards the castle. Right. And just before what they call the hub or the central plaza, there's mm -hmm. two sets of umbrellas. On your right, there's Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, which mm -hmm. is yellow and white. Right. Can you picture it? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then on the other side, we have Casey's Corner, known mm -hmm. for their hot dogs and their baseball theme. Right. And their umbrellas are red and white. And I always knew that these umbrellas are themed to Casey's decor, okay, right. but I learned they are also intentionally red and white. Why? Just beyond those umbrellas is the baby care center, but most importantly, first aid. Oh, so if a cast member needs to direct a guest towards first aid, it's very clear to say look for the red and white umbrellas. They're the oh, only ones wow. in the whole park. Wow. And very first cool. aid is just beyond that. So you can spot it from afar. It's easy to find. It's kind of the international symbol, right? Sure. The red and white. Right. And the pathway beyond those umbrellas, it's a diagonal walkway. It's wide. It's functional. Mm -hmm. It's clear. And once it catches your eye, you see where to go. So mm. I thought that was interesting, but yes. fun. And now I hope your listeners, if you're visiting Magic Kingdom and heaven forbid you need first aid or a guest um, that you encounter does, it's very easy to provide that info. So nice. as with all things Disney, it's intentional. Right. But it's also right on theme. You know, it doesn't take away. There's not a huge first aid sign. Right, but right. now we know and it enhances the guest experience. How I just love cool. that. That's fascinating. That I is. never really thought about That's it, but awesome. that is so interesting. That is a cool, interesting little tidbit there. For yeah. Me. So. Great, great. I'm glad I gave you something new, too. Yeah, it, it was new to me, and I've been there how many times? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. We, we find out new stuff every time we visit. I always am amazed Absolutely, by it. And, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, goes for the uh, Walt Disney World Resort and the Disneyland Resort. Every time we go, we find out a new little piece of information or see something different we haven't seen right. before. And I, I think that's what's kind of cool or one of the many things that is cool about uh, all the Disney parks. Absolutely. Sure, sure. So much to learn, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Well, Amy, thank you so much. Yes. I, I feel between you and Michelle, I've learned so much about the Disney Institute and how it can help me, and hopefully it can help uh, some of our listeners out there uh, kind of you know advance their uh, career skills and uh, you know business practices and, and through Disney. And we really appreciate that you, you came in and shared all that with us. Totally. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you for the opportunity. I cannot say enough good things about Disney Institute. Yeah, <laughs> Certainly. That's, right. and, that's great. You know, as you can see, it's great. Even for just 
you know, non-Disney fans, truly. They have mm-hmm. so much to offer people in every industry. And, uh, yeah, I was thrilled to be able to attend again. So thanks for giving me the chance to talk about it. It was awesome. great. Well, we really appreciate you joining us and uh, taking the time out of your weekend to come on and, and share some of the things you've learned and uh, your experience with Disney Institute. Certainly. Thank you, guys. So thanks again to Amy Adams for joining us. Boy, she had some great, great information there absolutely, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. She brought a really wealth of knowledge of, you know, what they have to offer, the fun uniqueness of it, and her storytelling techniques are fabulous. Yeah, just a really great segment. And uh, I thought uh, she sounded great. You're part of it. You sounded great. And the best oh, thing about sweet. it is I got to just sit back and just relax and enjoy the whole conversation <laughs> and barely take part. It was wonderful. I put my feet up. It was great. Well, I was wondering, uh, is that really water you're drinking or is there something else there in your, uh, your cooler there? I'll never tell. <laughs> your water bottle. We'll see how much my I slur these the next air. few Disney stories and we'll know for sure. Right? right. So, uh, again, thanks again, Amy. Uh, OG Hyperion Adventure, Amy, uh, comes through for us and uh, was really great for that segment. And, by the way, if you want to learn more about the Disney Institute, you can uh, look them up on DisneyInstitute.com if you want to uh, do anything with them. Uh, and we are always willing to take questions as well. You can always contact Michelle right. with her experience, and she'd be happy to, to answer them for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Good, good stuff right there. Yeah. So that was our main topic of the week. As always, we have a main topic or maybe two, sometimes even three. But then we get to the Disney stories of the week. So let's get to the Disney stories from this week. And unfortunately, um, I think we have to start with a little bit of a sad note. And that is the passing of Dave Smith, the founder of the yeah. Disney Archives. He passed away Friday in uh, Burbank, California at the age of 78. Uh, so disappointing that we've lost another member of the Disney family uh, so soon after uh, Ron Miller passed away just right, last week. Right, exactly. You know, um, but we're very grateful for the opportunity to have met him yes. at uh, the last D23. And it was funny. Expo. Yes, yeah. Expo. Um, it was funny because it was like we were so excited to go and, and be able to have him autograph our book mm-hmm. um, and realized once we got it was our turn in line. I was like so starstruck. I couldn't think of yeah. anything, <laughs> I know, anything the same way. to say. I'm the like, worst uh, when I meet somebody uh, like Oh, that. I'm just so happy to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst. You know, I, I can talk for hours here on this podcast, but if I meet a celebrity like that, you know, that's someone that I really, really uh, think is a fantastic person. I, I just get so stuck. But he was really cool about it. Really yeah, nice. Just right. talked with us. Was really neat. Uh, so, if you don't know who Dave Smith is, uh, he spent forty years. And thanks, by the way, to the Walt Disney uh, Company, they put up a nice thing, so I didn't have to do as much homework on this. Uh, <laughs> they had it all laid out for me. Uh, he spent forty years cataloging the company's legacy. He was the chief archivist uh, for uh, Walt Disney Company from 1970 to 2010. He was hired by Roy Disney, of course, Walt's mm-hmm. brother. Uh, his first job was to catalog every item in Walt Disney's executive suite at the Burbank Studio. Studio, of course, at the Walt Disney Studios. Uh, that had been a space that had been left untouched after uh, Disney Walt uh, death in September, or excuse me, December of 1966. Uh, you know, the interesting about this is that we've taken the tour of the uh, Walt Disney Studios, uh, and part of it is getting to go see uh, Walt's office. Right. And it's all put back together thanks to 
uh, Dave Smith and his cataloging of it. They put it all back together uh, so you can witness it if you ever get to go on this tour. Uh, D23 has them often, mm-hmm. um, and that's all from his recollections. But he did so much uh, to save all this uh, Disney memorabilia um, from history, and he became a Disney legend in 2007. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. And we, we got to go actually to the Disney archives too right, and experience right. a lot of the cool stuff that they have there. And it's it's really fascinating. Right. And his talents were amazing with that. You know, it was one of those jobs, don't you wish you had that job? Right. You know, but he's also um, published several books because, you know, people have asked questions. He used to have a segment called Ask Dave. Uh, in the book we were able to um, purchase and, and have him autograph was the Disney Facts Revealed, Answers to Fans' Curious Questions. And there were a couple questions out of the book that I wanted to share in light of, you know, um, kind of remembering him. One of the questions that somebody had written into him is, have you ever been to Disneyland? <laughs> I know. Hmm. <laughs> and if so, what's your favorite visit? Um, and he wrote, since I grew up in Southern California, I'd been to Disneyland many times over the past six decades. At first, my parents were reluctant to go, instead wanting to wait until all the attractions were finished and everything was running smoothly. Then I discovered that my grandmother had gone to Disneyland before I did. I was sure perturbed, but was able to use that evidence to get my parents to take me. (laughs) One of my favorite memories as a teenager was running into Walt Disney, walking through the park and getting to speak with him briefly. Wow. That's really cool. What a cool memory. I know. I know. It's just pretty, pretty amazing there. And another thing that somebody had asked him about, um, which seemed appropriate, is what was, what is the most unusual item in the archives? And uh, Dave responded, I think it may be a Mickey Mouse gas mask that was produced. <laughs> yeah, that was produced by the Sun Rubber Company for use in England during World War II. The feeling was that kids might be more willing to carry their gas masks if they uh, featured Mickey Mouse. Wow. I know, right? Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And so his Did book. they sell that at the Mad Hatter? <laughs> Took you a second there to yes, figure that one out, it right? Did. Yes, yes, uh, sure. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, yeah, we do, we you know, sorry to see that that Dave Smith has has left us, but um, he did leave us a lot of wonderful things in his books and in the fact that he did, he did, you know, really do so much work to get the Disney archives in place. Uh, He's a wonderful man who had an incredible legacy uh, and, you know, expanding on Disney's legacy for that matter. Uh, You talk about, he's written written many books. Uh, He wrote the uh, company's official encyclopedia, which is Disney A to Z. Uh, You had Disney facts revealed there. That was the book that was one of his more recent books, Uh, Disney, the first 100 years, the quotable Walt Disney, Disney, trivia from the vault and uh four volumes of the ultimate disney trivia books i mean he was all over it yeah uh, Yeah. it's a it's a terrible loss but like i said he has a wonderful wonderful legacy with disney and uh you know i'm just i'm i feel privileged that we got to meet him absolutely so yes uh rest in peace dave smith uh let's get on to happier news. Uh, let's move on to uh, more of the interesting Disney stories of the week and we'll, we'll move on with uh, Disney releasing two trailers this Ooh. week. Two trailers that for highly anticipated films are coming out in 2019. 
Uh, we had a little bit of a mixture of feelings between <laughs> these, which was kind of funny. Uh, the first one came out on Monday, and that was the trailer for the live-action Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, that one, really interesting. We enjoyed it, but... Mm-hmm. Boy, that hit social media, and people were up in arms with it for many reasons. Right. A lot of it had to deal with Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith. as the genie, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, and his look and just the feel of it. And I, uh, I was a little surprised at how much that was out there that people were uh, throwing out. That was like uh, you know they're having a tough go with this. Right. For just a trailer. Right, know? right. I mean, it's not the movie, you know. I mean, I, I, it was just interesting to me that, you know, people were, I guess it's what we are nowadays. We have to put out judgment on as soon as something is released, you yeah, know. And that's yeah, yeah. Interesting. But, uh, Although it's so interesting, too, because there's oftentimes things in trailers that never make it to the movies. Right. and But, yeah, I mean, like you said, in this day and age, social media really promotes people have to have a an opportunity to share their opinion. Right. You know, it's, it, was a, it was a 60 second, 90 second piece or whatever. And right. people were already bashing this movie, but people were already uh, concerned about it to begin with. Uh, but, you know, I, I just say, hey, let's hold off thoughts on it until the mm-hmm. film actually comes out and then we'll see where it is. Right. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. From what I understand, Disney is still working on the look of the genie, of Will Smith's genie. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, very interesting to see uh, what, how that struck social media on Monday. Right. They were uh, really up in arms with that one. By the way, uh, Aladdin comes out in theaters on May 24th. Now, what totally swung social media the other way completely <laughs> was Wednesday. They dropped a surprise. We did have no idea this was coming out, but they dropped on us the Frozen 2 trailer, and it was spectacular. Did you see it? Um, maybe a million times. <laughs> Because I have a problem, apparently. Um, no, it was it was really an interesting tone that Disney took with the right. Frozen Two trailer, which was, of course, everybody thinks of Frozen and they think about the songs right. and they think about Olaf and and they think you know about. The, but this was like it was really intense, a little yes. dark, uh, really interesting to look at, it. and they made Anna and Elsa look. Fierce, right, strong right. young women. It was really interesting to see, and uh, I loved it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, first of all, having, you know, a reunion of those wonderful, rich characters was fun just having that. But like you said, the look of it, you know, it, it looked like it must have a storyline that is really going to be compelling. And like you said, too, with the, the strong women, it, it does seem like the direction Disney has, you know, embraced with their princesses now, which is awesome. So, yeah, I can't wait for that movie, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm very excited for that one. Uh, if anything coming from this first trailer, it looks like it's going to be very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I love I, I love Frozen. I know it yes. got a little overplayed, and yes, it got overplayed in the parks and merchandise and everything, but there was a reason for that. That was because it was extremely, extremely popular. Right. Now People I loved it. You know, I'm sure there's parents with kids that had to watch it and hear the songs over and over <laughs> and over and over again. I get it that it was wearing on you, but uh, I think it's been enough time that's gone by that uh, this looks interesting, and I like the tone they struck. You know, also I found interesting about this trailer it, versus the the trailer for the original Frozen. Mm-hmm. Like when the trailer for the original Frozen came out, I had not really much interest in seeing it. It looked like right. it was a story about a snowman. You know, it was all about Olaf right. in the trailer oh, almost. Yes. It was mostly Olaf and Sven. Right. In the, you know, and I was like, okay, what? This is the story about a 
uh, a snowman. I mean, I know it's Disney, so it's probably good, but I mean, what? But it was completely different from that. I thought they marketed uh, Frozen not very well, but yet it still struck a chord with so many people and really took off and was Mm. one of the biggest hits that Disney's ever had. Right. It's one of those movies word of mouth really helped. I mean, that's how we even decided to go to it that, you know, your cousin mentioned that it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I I think that was... Part of the reason that one also had a lot of great um, success. By the way, I wasn't the only person watching the Frozen 2 trailer a ton of times because (laughs) I had set a record for a trailer of an animated movie with uh, 116.4 million views within the first 24 hours. That's an insane amount of views of that trailer and uh, with good reason because it was very good. And people were picking it apart like, who's this character? I've never seen this person before. Who is that? What's the story? Nothing was really released from it, but it was a really cruel and interesting trailer. Right. So. And like you said, it's interesting too that it, it did get so many views, especially since people weren't expecting to see it. Right. So again, all, you know, kind of word of mouth or social media out there that really helped promote people to catch it. Yeah. And it was also interesting that the conspiracy theory out there of, did, you know, was Disney not planning on releasing this so quickly <laughs> to the Aladdin, but then they saw the, the issues that Aladdin brought up where people were not really happy with that trailer. So they rushed this one out to make sure they kind of cover it, you know, <laughs> feel, feel good. I don't know if that happened or not, but uh, really interesting stuff. And by the way, and I don't, I'm, I know nothing about this, and, but I kind of wonder about tonight. And again, we were recording this on Sunday, February 17th. Uh, they're showing The Force Awakens on ABC tonight. Mm, might there maybe. be a surprise something else drop with that? I don't know. But it might be interesting to watch just in case. Not that, you know, The Force Awakens is fun to watch anyway. Right. But there is a certain trailer that hasn't dropped yet. We don't even have a title for this movie yet. Maybe tonight. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. It's but been we speculated. do know it just got wrapped up. Right. It, yes. And we, by the way, there was a great picture that J.J. Abrams yes. released of uh, the trio of, uh, of Ray, right. of Finn, and Poe in, in an embrace. Yes. Uh, you know, And it was a really cool picture. And yeah, uh, the filming is just wrapped up. So we we're getting closer to episode mm-hmm. nine. And hopefully we're getting closer to a trailer. And hopefully we're getting close to a title as well for it. Because it would be... Interesting to find out what it is. But again, I don't know anything, but uh, it might be worth watching on tonight on ABC. Patience, um, my young yes, Padwan. Yes, I need it because uh, <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Anyway, uh, but we do have some interesting news that's come out of that movie as well as the Frozen 2 uh, release that's coming up soon. And that is that Disney announced this week a, a merchandise launch date for two of its highly anticipated films. That's right. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Nine and Frozen 2, this straight from a press release from the Walt Disney Company. Uh, fans of the two most anticipated films of 2019, Star Wars Episode Nine and Disney's Frozen 2, can begin counting down to October 4th when new products inspired by these two major entertainment events will begin hitting shelves around the world marking Disney's first ever global simultaneous rollout (laughs) for two entertainment juggernauts. Retailers around the world will will create unique celebrations for each of the franchises to honor the individual legacies. So that's That's exciting. That'll be fun. And, uh, I guess we need to save our pennies. Jeez, yes. <laughs> Here we go again. I know. I'm, no, so I, I'm assuming that you're going to hit the Star Wars one, and yes. I'm going to hit the Frozen I one. I know, that's exactly. just kind of pretty much how we go here. Well, look at us today. Here yeah. I'm wearing BB-8, and you have Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. So. So. Not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> <me>. <laughs> you. Know, you're just, you know, yeah, really, I'm wearing a princess gown. But <laughs> 
he doesn't want to admit to that. So, uh, so anyway, um, the Star Wars part of it will be Triple Force Friday, which will celebrate the launch of the whole range of brand new products from a trio of original Star Wars entertainment events, mm-hmm. including products inspired by the highly anticipated final installment of the Skywalker segment. Yet. Uh, saga, uh, yes, Star Wars Episode Nine, the first ever Star Wars live action series, yes, The Mandalorian, which is set to be debut yeah. exclusively on the upcoming streaming service Disney Plus. So I'm guessing that means that it's going to debut after October 4th. But judging by that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then the final one, which is also interesting, is the latest title from EA and Respawn, uh, which is Star Wars. Fallen Order, excuse me, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a brand new action adventure game uh, releasing uh, on uh, the holidays of 2019. So that's another new video game to check out. Something to put on our Christmas list. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, because we're not doing enough with Kingdom Hearts now. We need another new game to play. (laughs) I know how you're kind of like... You could probably finish that game, but you're letting it linger yes. still, right? I'm soaking so. it all in. I'm enjoying nice, it all. Nice, nice. So, yeah, you got to make it last till right. uh, this other one comes uh, out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that far, but yeah, very good. So, uh, yeah, so the the sale beginning at 12.01 a.m. on October 4th for uh, the for uh, – I mean, I imagine it's for both of them, but for definitely for Triple Force Friday – uh, and they're going to have some interesting stuff around uh, that. You usually see that we've done to Force Friday before, right. and they usually have them at Disney stores, and people line up, and it's really people a lot of fun. Like us. Like us, line up, and people Early get dressed up, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Need to be in so, there first. Um, you get some, that's how we got our little, uh, our little uh, Sphero BB-8 right. uh, drive. Was that, with, uh, we didn't think we were going to purchase that, but we thought it was fascinating, and exactly. we had to get it, and we really enjoyed it. He watches movies with us because he can do that. I don't know if you have one of those Sphero droids, but they, they will watch the films right. with you. And it's a lot of fun to see them react to the different Star Wars movies. Exactly. As you go along, so. Exactly. And it's fun to know that they have rope drops at Disney stores. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, very cool stuff. And they even have a little magic when someone opens it. They usually have one of the children there. there. They have a little mm-hmm. magic when they open the store. They right. do a little thing. And it's a, you know, we'll tell you what it is right. involved no in that. It's a, a little bit of pixie dust at the beginning of that. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be uh, Force Friday, hashtag Force Friday, and the Frozen one will be known as hashtag Frozen Fan Fest. So, a lot of fun and yeah. uh, more more purchasing, more to the credit card, because <laughs> Disney doesn't get enough of our money. We need a little bit more. So, uh, very cool stuff there. Absolutely. So, Looking forward to it. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Uh, more Star Wars news since apparently we are the Disney podcast that desperately wishes we were a Star Wars yeah. podcast, of course. Uh, so this one I know you're going to love because the actor who portrayed one of our favorite Star Wars characters is hinting now at a possible role in an upcoming live action series. Could it be? This from comicbook.com. The heroes in Rogue One, a Star Woo-hoo! Wars story, might have met their demise in the film's finale spoiler alert <laughs> yet the upcoming tv series focusing on diego luna's castian andor will open up all new possibilities for those characters alan tudyk who brought the droid k2so to life recently teased his excitement about the project and confirmed he has heard talks about what to expect from the series this is from alan tudyk quote it's a prequel so it's a prequel I love those guys. I do. I love those guys. Diego Luna is one of my favorite people on the planet. I know what they're doing, and it's very exciting. We have talked about it. Ooh. Fingers crossed. That's not confirmation, (laughs) but there are talks. 
We may be seeing K2SO nice. in the Cassian Andor nice. series whenever it comes about. Uh, again, this is just speculation at this point, but when, when we first heard about it, that was one of the things we were hoping for. We love Cassian. We love that right. whole idea of yes. this series. Yes. He's but a- we love K2SO. Yes, so, yes. Um, hopefully, hopefully that does work out. In that the, would even be if amazing. it's just for a select amount of episodes, if right. he's just a recurring character or shows up later on in the series, um, we would love to see that happen. Yeah, yeah. He has such a heart. You know, uh, I compare him to Wally, you know, and it's, you have to watch the film, I think, several times to really catch it. But when you hear some of his comments and responses to, you know, mainly Cassian, but even later on to Jin, you can tell. Somehow he got a heart programmed into him. Right. <laughs> not only heart, but he also, he's, you know, he's not afraid. He has no filter. He's right, not afraid no to say what he's thinking. Yes. You know? <laughs> Sometimes too hilarity. You know? Right, right. Uh, it's so good. So love K2SO and I hope that yeah. works out. And uh, I love Alan Tudyk too, by the yeah, way. He does yeah. so much with Disney. Right. The, uh, we could just name off the roles out there. The, there's so much that he's done. Uh, he's in virtually every animated movie with mm-hmm. some sort of bit role, if, you know, if not even a major role. Right, uh, right. So. Uh, great to see him getting more, and hopefully that works out. So, uh, One more note, park news. Uh, this from the Disneyland Resort. A pop-up Disney, a Mickey celebration, is soon coming to the Disneyland Resort. Interesting mm-hmm. stuff, huh? This from the Disney Parks blog. If you love art, love taking photos, love Mickey Mouse, if your answer is yes, yes, and yes, <laughs> we have something popping up just for you. The Disneyland Resort is introducing an all-new must-see pop-up experience at the Downtown Disney District. Coming this spring, Pop-Up Disney, a Mickey celebration, will transport you through a visually and whimsically immersive experience celebrating 90 years of the one and only Mickey Mouse and his darling Minnie Mouse. Wow. Yeah. So this limited time uh, exhibition will feature several different imaginatively themed rooms with vivid displays inspired by all things Mickey Mouse. Every room will feature selfie-worthy surprises Mm. and provide plenty of fun and fabulous photo ops for all your family and friends. So a lot of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, you know, stuff to take pictures and check stuff out. Awesome. Yeah, I saw when they had a a, uh, drawing on the Disney Parks blog of a mini bow like you're wearing a mini bow right, right now, a uh, couch that you can kind of lay across or all get on and wow. everything, you know. That'll be fun. Yeah. So uh, kind of a cool thing. Uh, it is going to be a priced thing to go mm-hmm. into it. So it says this separately ticketed exhibit will be located near downtown Dis- the downtown Disney District monorail station in the space formerly, you may remember, the ESPN zone. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now that they haven't destroyed that, even though the ESPN zone is closed, but now they're not doing the hotel in that spot. Right. Still there, so they're going to use that at least right now for uh, this coming up here. So, uh, so it's, uh, stay, keep watching us or listening to us, and check out the Disney Parks blog for more details as they come across. So, That's cool, and that yeah. could be fun for families. You mm-hmm. know, especially we know that the you know ticket prices have become an issue for some people, um, and so having another Disney experience that may not be as pricey. You know, it opens up some doors for yeah. some folks. So. Yeah, a little fun. I mean, it is the Instagram Me. generation. You know, everybody's right. taking pictures now, posting them. And this is a lot of fun and a good way to celebrate Mickey and just, you know, have a good time with your family and friends and just enjoy it. Yeah, you know, so. absolutely. Really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out uh, when it opens up. I don't have dates yet, but once it opens up this spring, uh, looking forward to it. So that's my Disney Stories of the Week. Do you have anything this week? I don't. Yay! I didn't Yay. forget. <laughs> no, and thank we can you. move on to our... Our 
best part of the day, which is the vacation tips, our Disney tips. It's the best part because Michelle always has a fantastic <laughs> tip for you. Ooh, Amy had a wonderful tip earlier, did. but Michelle always has the best tips. Uh, so we always start pressure, with pressure, her. Pressure. She has great tips. She is lovely. She's sweet. Uh. Everybody who meets her <laughs> adores her. Uh, and like I said, she has the best tips. So that's why we always start with her tips first. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle's tip uh, of the week. You're so sweet. And I am so lucky. To... So um, kind of giving more homage to Dave Smith and his book, I wanted to first give a couple reveals, uh, one for Disneyland and one for Disney World. And again, so my tips this week isn't necessarily how to save money or how to get through the lines quickly or anything like that, but more how to really enjoy a little bit more about the parks that we still love to go to. So uh, the first question went to Dave was, what was the original version of the electric water pageant music called and why did they change it? And so um, for those of you who are not familiar with Disney World has an evening water pageant uh, and, and you can see that from many of the different hotels around the um, lagoon. So Dave wrote, when the electrical water pageant began, began at Walt Disney World in 1971, it used the piece Baroque Hoedown by Jean-Jacques Perret and Gershon Kingsley. That music was transformed to? What? The Main Street Electrical Parade. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's like we have a ringtone on my phone. <laughs> right. So they had to uh, change it and find new music to uh, that they created for the water, water pageant. Uh, and over the years, the music has changed a number of times as the themes of the floating structures have changed. Wow. So that's tip A is for Disney World is Take time in the evening to enjoy that electrical water pageant. It's, you know, been there in the parks uh, since 1971, even though it's had some updates. And to you'll see the music is similar to the Main Street mm-hmm. Electrical Parade. So you kind of have that experience with history. We uh, we got to check it out many times just in our, <laughs> what was it, April trip uh, right. of last year out there because we had uh, a lake view uh, from the Bay Lake Towers. Right. And it would come by every night. If you haven't seen it before, what it does is it, it goes around the Seven Seas Lagoon and, and Bay Lake, and it uh, it will stop at basically in front of just about every resort right. around there and just stop and do its little show, and then it'll move on to the next part, you know. And and so it would come in through the, the channel there, and it would stop over in front of the Wilderness Lodge. Right. Then it would go to Fort Wilderness. Then it would come around to Bay Lake Towers, and we every night at the same time, we're like, oh, it's time, and we would right. walk out onto our balcony <laughs> and just sit and enjoy it. Exactly. And, you know, we saw it over and over again, and it's just so fun. It usually takes place right after uh, the fireworks spectacular, whatever wooden is playing that evening. Right, so. right. Right. So so that's something, you know, if you haven't had that opportunity, take it. It's really fun. And if you don't know what time uh, it, it's going to show up at your place, uh, you can ask at the front desk. They'll tell you. Usually it comes around approximately this time. Right. So you know when if you're in your room uh, or near somewhere on the resort when you can come out and, and observe it and check it out. Exactly. So. If you ever stay at Fort Wilderness out there by the beach, a lot of people gather mm-hmm. to watch the fireworks because they do turn the mm-hmm. lights down and, and play the music to synchronize. It's actually a really nice place to go see right, the, the, right. the fireworks. Yeah. And then you can stick around and, and watch the uh, 
the other, the parade. Yes. So, and the next one relates to Disneyland. And the question posed to Dave was, while waiting to ride Radiator Springs Racer, I was told by a cast member that the license plates on the ride vehicles represented some sort of background information on the Imagineers who worked on the ride. Is this true? And Dave wrote... They are initials and birthdays of the Imagineers mm. and Pixar animators who worked on the attractions. Mm. This is also, or the attraction. This is also true of the baby tractor in Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. So another thing to, you know, check out and appreciate while you're at Disneyland at California Adventure is that those license plates have meanings. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then we were talked about it a little bit uh, earlier with Amy, that there always is so much to see that you don't you haven't noticed before when right. you go to uh, Disneyland, the Disneyland Resort, or the Walt Disney World Resort. When you go to the parks, there's always something that we've never seen before, something we've never learned before about these places, and we always fun. So. Exactly. Love that. It's so. so cool that there's purpose to the fun. Yeah, and that's great. I love that they're... Uh, Giving the Imagineers that uh, did so much hard work on these attractions a little bit like they've done many times for many. You know, you go to the Haunted Mansion or if you go to a lot of these other places uh, throughout all these attractions throughout, there's always these little nods to all the Imagineers that have helped set these things up. So that's great. Yes. And definitely take your time and check out the parks when you're there and more than just go attraction, attraction, attraction. Enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun to take it slowly sometimes. Right. As I said, Michelle, best tip. Always great tip. (laughs) Wonderful tip. Now to my lowly little tip. Uh, My tip is going to be like something... Uh, maybe you don't know about the end of the evening at the parks, and it doesn't matter if it's at uh, Walt Disney World Resort or the Disneyland Resort. Um, you, just because the park is closing doesn't mean you have to head out of the park right at that what? point. Yeah, you do not need to shuffle off right after uh, you know uh, the, the fireworks spectacular is done, whatever it may be, wherever park you're in. Or, but, or if they even say the, the stated time is 11 o'clock that they're closing. No, you don't have to head out right at that moment necessarily. First of all, uh, let's just say, like I just gave the example, the park is closing at 11. If you're in line for, excuse me, in the queue for an attraction at 1059, mm-hmm. you will get to ride that attraction. So, uh, yes, you can't be in there after 11, but as long as you're in there before it actually strikes 11, you will get to ride that attraction. So those, those attractions will stay open for a while after that happens. So it's a great way if you wanted to get on some of the more popular attractions in any of this park, say, say Slinky Dog Dash or right. Avatar Flight of Passage, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Frozen Ever After. Right. Uh, th- these are always very popular attractions. Tough to get a Fast Pass Plus for. A long wait in line if you're trying to go there in the middle of the day. But in the evenings when people are wrapped up for the night, they've headed back to their resorts, uh, you know, and don't know this tip, uh, sometimes you can get on there in a relatively short time. So take advantage of every moment you have at the parks. Another thing is that the shops are usually open for about an hour after park closing. So if if you... haven't done shopping before, if you want to extend your time in there in the parks a little bit, save that shopping or the you know some extra right. shopping for the end. If you, even if you've gone through the shops and spotted something you wanted earlier, you can go check it out maybe later in the day and extend your day a little bit more at the parks by going through the shops and enjoying that. And finally, um, many of the restaurants, even the sit-down ones, will still seat you up to 30 minutes before closing. And it doesn't matter that you're going to be in there past closing. As long as you're in there seated at that time, you can still enjoy a little bit of time. Right. 
not, that's not my favorite thing to do just because I always feel rushed when I'm there. Like, <laughs> these people are watching us. They want to get done with their day. Yeah. Day, you know? so, but you can do that. If it doesn't bother you, you can do that. And, uh, you know, so take advantage of that as well. Anyway, just take advantage of every moment. You only, you, you one, you pay a lot of money to be at these parks, right. these resorts. It's more, it seems like it's more and more every day. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's a fabulous time to be there. Take advantage of every moment you can to be in these parks. And those are some extra ways where you can use a little bit more time there. Right. Those are great tips and, you know, really helps give some ideas. You know, if you're one of those people, oh, I just, one more thing, one more thing. That's awesome that that you have that available. Yep. You still can. Take advantage of it. Exactly. So those are our tips of the week, and uh, that wraps up our show. It's been a long one, but it's been a good one, I think, uh, with uh, Amy Adams joining us today. Uh, Not that Amy Adams, but uh, still (laughs) equally as wonderful. Uh, We loved having her on, and she brought so much to it. And You did too, Michelle. This was your episode. Uh, You you did a fantastic job, and I really appreciate you. Let me sit back and kick my feet up for a episode. Thank you for being a great director and, you know, for helping inspire a lot of the ideas. So this was fun, but I'm very willing and ready to let you take hold of the total reins <laughs> next episode. <laughs> well, I don't have to sweat as much. <laughs> funny thing about the next episode, when you're talking about me taking the reins, I actually don't know what we're talking about next week. We need to come up with a main topic. So if any of you out there have a main topic uh, that you'd like to share with us, uh, we, we, one, we we'll, might use it for this next episode, or we might use it for a future episode, depending on what it is, but we love uh, interacting with you so please contact us about it. one thing i know we will be talking about next week is that we are going on thursday to go see aladdin the musical coming to san diego nice, yes. we're going to be checking that out so we'll have a little bit of recap of our experience with that and see i mean we used to see it uh, the, the the truncated version of that uh out at the hyperion theater right. at uh, the disney california adventure what Park. theater the Hyperion Theater, nice. which now holds, uh, you know, Frozen Live. Uh, we also have seen it on the uh, Disney Cruise Line. On I believe it's on the Disney Fantasy we saw it on, which was as nice as well. But we're looking forward to seeing the full-fledged Aladdin the Musical, right. which is, is going to be exciting when it comes to the San Diego Civic Theater. So we'll tell you all about that, and uh, we'll come up with some other nice topic to talk about as well. And of course, we always have the Disney Stories of the Week and my, Michelle's fantastic tip and my little teeny bitty <laughs> tip. You're so funny. So, uh, but if you have anything you want us to talk about, either uh, on a upcoming episode, if you want to suggest uh, something that we could do better on the podcast, if you just want to say hi, please contact us. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures, Adventures Podcast. I can say it. <laughs> and you can always email us, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and please, uh, you know, get in touch with us. We love to hear your feedback. We've enjoyed having in the past to this be interactive. And so we really want to encourage you to, to reach out and talk to us. Yes, absolutely. We love hearing from yeah. all our Hyperion adventurers. You guys are wonderful. Uh, you found us today. Find us in the future on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab and the Max FM app. Better yet, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you have a moment, one, please tell a friend about us. Uh, If you have a little bit more time, give us a rating on one of those sites. And if you have a lot more time, please give us a review. It will help in so many ways. Plus, it helps us know how we're doing as a podcast. Yes, absolutely. So... 
Thank you so much for listening to us again for another week. We look forward to sharing some more time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.